Everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Brawl, episode 16. And as always, alongside my co-host Jeff Taylor, Sean T. Stewart, and Tyler Bursky, I'm Jack Taylor. And so this week, we're going to quickly uh, recap Money in the Bank. So, Sean T., talk a little bit about what you gave the fans this past Monday. So this, so this past Monday, we talked about what are some of the key games for the Carolina Panthers 2020 season. And just to, just in short, I said week two against the Buccaneers would be a, would be a pivotal one. Week six against the Bears will also be a key one because that's a, that's a kind of toss-up game. And weeks 11 and 12 against the Lions and the Vikings because I kind of feel that the NFC North is probably the worst division in the NFC. So I'll probably, you know, take a chance. I'm scared for that Bears game regardless because whatever happens, the Bears brawl people are just going to be – it's going to be awful regardless of what happens if they win or lose. And then so, y'all, this week – um. This past couple weeks, we had a little bit of an issue with our Instagram, but uh, thank God we are back. They tried to, to shut us down, but they can't kill us. I'm all jokes. Instagram didn't mean to do anything. It was just a slip in their, in their I guess, in their algorithm. They thought we were trying to be someone else, but uh, we got it back. So we thank you all for, you know, sticking around and uh, waiting for that to come back. And we're going to keep putting stuff out on Instagram. And we have a big announcement coming up later this week, so stay tuned for that. Um, and then moving on, so Tyler, there's been a little bit going. I mean, it's this NFL kind of de- it's this dead time of the quarantine, and even in the normal off season, this would kind of be the the quiet time. But even it's even worse now. So, what do you have for us today with your quick hits? Yeah, I think uh, like you said, this is kind of a dead time in the off season. But I think the NFL is doing a good job, and uh, some of these I feel like they're trying to push out some different stories, and that kind of starts with this Russell Wilson trade rumor. So apparently, in 2018, the Seattle Seahawks offered Russell Wilson for the first overall pick uh, to the Cleveland Browns, uh, and they um, obviously ended up taking Baker Mayfield. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that, but I find it very I, hard to believe. I, I can't even fathom it. I mean, what, the Seahawks would be nothing without Russell Wilson. I'm saying. So I just, I don't, I can't even wrap my mind around why they would even think it. Wildest part is, I feel like he's worth a little bit more than just the first overall. Right, exactly. Honestly, the way what he did for the Seahawks, I mean. If they were just trying to get, I don't like. I don't know what's harder to believe, and I saw that on Twitter was like, whether it's hard to believe that the Seahawks offered that trade or that the Browns denied, denied it. Like, it. Both right. of those to me seem very odd because if you're the Browns, why would you not take that? You're getting a proven player regardless. Like the number one pick can be a bust, and you can say what you will about Baker Mayfield right away, but yeah. I don't know. What about you, Shantis? I know. I, I with John Snyder and that and that um, Seahawks front office. I know they didn't offer Russell Wilson. Yeah, That's- I. I, I I, that sounds like a desperate franchise making a desperate play. Like, yes, let's go. Let's, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Say no. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but going on, the Rams dropped their new jerseys this week. Um, another team uh, designing new jerseys this year. And well, personally. All the jerseys we've seen in a while. Yeah, we're getting a lot of them. But personally, I think, you know, I didn't think they really needed a change. I like what they had last year. I thought it was cool. Uh, the helmets are cool this year. I but, like the helmets. Uh, the rest of it, yeah. the, the the number font, uh, I'm not. Yeah, I like the number font. Other than it looks like they're supposed to be like iron-on numbers, I just kind of like the little designs. I think 
I because the problem with me was that I hated that they had their away jerseys were still that gross navy and and dark gold. Like I don't why, just if you're gonna have what it should have had is for the whites especially you bring the old greatest show on turf shoulders and you know where the jerseys were white and the shoulders were yellow. Right. That's what you bring back yeah. and you could have like the bone. The bone white was, I understand what you're trying to do, but you're not an yeah. actual ram. You don't need to look like the horns of an actual ram. That's a, that's a nasty uniform combination they got going on. It, 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 looks, it looks bad. I'm not going to sit here in front with you. It looks bad. I, I think like the home it. ones look cool. The helmets especially. If that's if it's like a shiny matte blue, or, that's obviously that's contradictory, but that's what it kind of looked like. Like, I don't know. To me, it's going to be one of those things where it's like the the Bucks or the or the Jags. It's going to be ones where they tried really really hard and they did something different and they then came three, up short. And then they're going to backtrack in, a, in the next two three years and just release oh, yeah. probably yeah. the greatest show on. They're trying to be. They were trying to take on the Chargers because you're fighting for the area already. And I they, it's like they were trying to be like the, the 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 Warriors almost is what it looked like to me. Is what I, if you really break it down, I don't know. Yeah, it was but- it was different. Going on with the, some more news. Uh, actually, minutes before we started recording tonight, uh, there was a double arrest warrant on DeAndre Baker and Quentin Dunbar. Um, DeAndre Baker's cornerback for the Giants and Quentin Dunbar, uh, DB for the Seahawks. Um, they were charged with aggravated assault and armed robbery. Um, obviously, not what you want to see, but uh, definitely noteworthy. And also, the Seahawks signed, re-signed Geno Smith, so Cam probably yeah. ain't going there. If you were play, if you're playing in the NFL and you make, I mean, pretty good money, what are you doing? Have you blown all your money? I just I don't I can't fathom if you're making mill or whatever you're making. Still, I can believe the aggravated assault. Like if you have some beef, but, but why? Robert, why you're I mean, I just whatever. Yeah. See, and that's why I'm afraid of the, them having a team in Vegas uh, to begin get, with. You're gonna oh, give these young kids all this know. money and yep. go into Vegas, you know, and do whatever you want. I don't get it. I just that 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 scares me. I mean, it's you don't you never want to see any any bad press, but it is just an arrest warrant as of now. So, you know, they could be they could be a whole mix up. They could be innocent. You never know. Um, and then yeah, like the Seahawks re-signed Geno Smith because Cam was being talked about. People were saying that oh, he's been talking with the Seahawks or he's been talking with you know he's more of a of a of a backup quarterback capacity. But problem is now the Jameis Winston kind of screwed him over because now people are only going to be looking to re-sign Cam if they take if he takes an historically low deal like Jameis did. I mean, Jameis is basically playing for pennies, honestly, yeah. for a, what a quarterback is supposed to make right. and what a starting quarterback the year before would make. So that that's going to be interesting to see with Cam. Um, and, you know, like I said, hopefully we have some, have some news coming up because – we're kind of running out of stuff to talk about, and that's kind of what's warranted today's episode. Not running out of stuff to talk about, but different ways to present it. When I was a part of uh, the 7:30 the game team at ESPN in Charlotte over the summer, we would do with. I mean, it was the off season too, and so you have to figure out a way to talk about sports in the off season, and especially in a market where really all you're talking about is the Panthers, the Hornets, the ACC, and minor league baseball, which is tough to come by when it comes and of course we had luckily we had i mean not luckily but we had the kemba walker all that kind of crap and we had a lot of off-season stuff with with the panthers so one thing they would do is they'd have these game segments and it was horrifying because literally one of my first days as an intern they told me i had to come up with these like i had to come up with questions every day for them to talk about on air which that wasn't bad that was fun but then they're like okay and you get to read it on air and i was like oh cool i get to talk and then they're like and then you have to pick between the three of us your on-air bosses which one you agree with and which one wins the day and and that was horrifying. I'm like, you want me to pick between the three of you when I am an intern? And I like they would like brag on me too because it's Bobby Rosinski and it's Walker Mill, and they're two hilarious guys on air, and they act like they're messing with you, and you think they're messing with you, but it's all just you know jokes on the air. But I thought I'd bring that here, so I don't think it's copyrighted because I don't think it's their idea right off the bat. I think it's a whole radio thing. But 
So we're going to have a competition between the Panthers Brawl. You, they, if y'all win, you win nothing but bragging rights, so don't get horribly excited. But we're going to have three different segments. Uh, the first one is going to be this hot five segments. So I'm going to present three different, five different questions, excuse me, about you know hot topics around the Panthers. And Shantice and Tyler, they're going to be going at it head-to-head. And basically, in order to win, they have to obviously specify there's five questions. And they I don't have to agree – necessarily with their take they just have to do the best job of convincing me why their take is right because either one of them could be right you know it's never it's it, it, it i try to do questions like that so shantice tyler are y'all ready to go Let's get it. ready to go all right so first off should pat stewart at some you know at some point in the near future be named the new panthers gm and also it is okay if y'all do say the same question or say the same answer but then of course you have to exp- it's your reasoning of why you think the answer that would be the the tiebreaker so Shantice, let's start it off with you uh, like i said again should pat stewart be named the new panthers gm yes and here's exactly why if you haven't paid attention to panthers history in the last decade you would know that aside from the first round matt harney uh, marty harney cannot draft outside of that position he doesn't do well in free agency as well he's made a lot of bad free agent deals in the last decade. I mean, I really can't oh, let's see. Uh, I mean, just for Carolina, if you want to change the pace, then yes, you need then you need to make that shift. And also, you don't you didn't you you Hardy only came in as an interim. Right now, COVID-19 has been a, a key reason why he's still there as as to him just being there and helping with them with, with the draft process. So, yeah, Pat Stewart should definitely be named the, the next the next GM within the next season. All right. Yeah, I go. agree with that. Definitely. I think he should be the next GM of the Panthers. And Marty Herney has not done a great job in Carolina. Uh, he's, you know, older, obviously. And he came from the Richardson tree, came from that era, which, you know, proved to be, uh, you know, very, very conservative with their moves. And we kind of saw that in the draft this past year with uh, them just being content staying at pick seven and picking Derek Brown and not wanting to move out like Matt Rule wanted to. Um, I think, you know, he's from the old regime, and I think the NFL is going towards new um, young minds that are ready to make, um, you know, adjust to the new game. And I think that's exactly what Pat Stewart brings to the table. He's been a part of winning organizations in the Patriots. Um, He was with the Patriots as a pro scout and an area scout, and then he was with the Eagles. Um as uh, as a scout and a front office worker during their uh, championship run. So I think he brings the experience, and he has actually kind of a pretty cool background as he coached, uh, was a GA um, at, um, at Ohio State. So he, he knows about the game, too. He's not just a front office worker, and that's what I like about Stewart. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the for them to announce him to be the GM, but uh, I'm ready uh, for that, and I think that would be a good move. All right. Next question, and anyone can start with this first. Will we see a full NFL season coming up this year? Yeah, um, I'll take it. I'll take this one first, Shanti. If you just want to switch back and forth, yeah. Um, I, I mean, as a football fan, I, I gotta sit here and I'm gonna say the NFL season is gonna happen. Who knows what's going on with coronavirus? Nobody really knows. It's hard to predict. You look every day on the news, and it's tough to tell. You know what's happening. But as an optimistic fan of football, I think in one way or another, we're going to see an NFL season. And um, it, it's all systems go for now for the NFL. You saw them have the draft, and it actually ended up being a good thing and probably helped a lot of people through a tough time and gave some 
it gave something to look forward to. So I think if they take that approach to the NFL season, and even if things aren't full go um, at that point in the country, uh, they can you know work around some things. Maybe you know as I said, like you know no fans, um, but certain workarounds like that, um, they can put out a product somehow, and I think that will ultimately end up being an NFL season in the fall. All right. Okay, so I'm gonna have to disagree and say no. For a lot, a lot of that reason being that if you start, if you take a look at what's happening, and with collegiate football, it's gonna be hard to be able to get a lot of these guys into the into the same area in a timely manner, considering the fact that you have you still haven't voted, it still hasn't been voted on yet, and we still have not seen what's to come of this of the next wave of COVID nineteen, unfortunately. So we still have no true indicator of, what, of what's going to happen with the country. I mean, obviously, all the things and all the plans that are being set in place are tentative. I mean, they, they're, they're subject to change. And if you don't get this, if you don't get things going by, we're, we're in mid-May. If you don't get this going by at some point in June, you're going you're gonna to be very, you're going to be far behind. And here's the thing, I, just, with everything kind of just being up in the air, it's just hard for me to believe that you can, you're going to be able to get more than, and, and mind you, I think about these camps now, you're, gonna, you're bringing in 90-plus players. You're gonna be able to bring in 90 plus players all in one area and think that nothing's gonna go wrong. Like you, I mean, obviously you're gonna have to be able to test every player at least for 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 certain amounts of time to be able to even ensure that they're gonna even gonna be safe. So with all of that ha- having having to be included, I just couldn't see how you have a full NFL season. All right, that makes sense. Okay, next question: Who will be the new defensive leader? For the Panthers this season, who will be the next, the the, the big, the main guy, the Luke Keekley, you know, whoever you, you put there, who will who will be that guy this year? Okay, so I'm first up, and I'll go with Shaq Thompson. I think, I mean, for the majority, when you look at any defense, the leader of the defense is usually going to be somebody in that linebacker group, in that linebacker group. And at this point now, Shaq Thompson is one of the more ten, he's one of the most tenured starters that we have on that defense. It's not going to be Trey Boston. Trey Boston is just a, he's a He's a guy that we, I think we, every, everyone likes, but not somebody you look to as a leader. I think now at this point, you've had Shaq Thompson being groomed by Thomas Davis. He's been groomed by Luke Keekley, both guys that were in charge of that defense. And knowing that when they're at their best, you're the leader at the helm of the defense is at the linebacker position. I think he's going to have to be able to bring, bring, bring along a younger linebacking group now because he's not the best player in that, in that linebacker room. So I think it's going to be up to Shaq Thompson to be able to bring this defense to the forefront in 2020. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree on Shaq Thompson. I tried to, you know, think around it, think of some other guys, but that's to me the clear answer here. Uh, I think, like like Sean T said, I agree. The linebacker, you know, he's got to come from, um, you know, he's usually the linebacking core. Uh, somebody's calling the defense. Somebody's, you know, making calls in and out, uh, sideline calls, stuff like that. And Shaq Thompson had the luxury of playing right next to Luke Keekley um, his entire career, actually. So he he's definitely, you know. He's definitely developed well um, upstairs um, in his game, and you know, you can you can see that um, throughout the, his years, and he's developed into a much smarter player. And even at Washington in college, you know, he's a smart player playing safety, uh, running back, and linebacker. It's not easy to you know play all three of those positions, especially in college. And I think just being smart, first of all, helps you as a leader, and you know, having the experience that he does, and um, Playing with Keekley and playing with a lot of um, older players like Julius Peppers, um, you know Jared Allen, a lot of those older guys that you know brought leadership to the organization. I think he'll be able to take you know some pages from their book and then um, acclimate that to how he plays the game. 
All right. Next off, going to the other side of the ball. Will Robbie Anderson become the Panthers' new number one receiver? It can be at any any point of the season, but at some point, will he become the new Panthers' number one? Yeah, you know, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I think, especially this year, uh, we're going to see DJ Moore step up to be the number one receiver. Uh, we kind of saw that last year as, for so long, it, it was DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. They were neck and neck. Uh, nobody really knew who was the better one, but I think... DJ this year, he stepped up with 1,100 yards and um, really established himself as the number one guy and actually got a lot of um, attention around the league nationally. So that was good for the Panthers. And he did all this uh, with having, you know, such, you know, a stable, different quarterbacks in and out, no consistent play there. Uh, really, the offense wasn't great. Offensive line wasn't good. So I think now that you bring in Teddy Bridgewater, a stable Stable quarterback, you know, he, he can't sling it. Um, he's not going to throw bombs down the field. But if you get the ball to DJ Moore, he's going to make something happen after the catch. And we've seen that plenty. It's time for pumpkin flavors and new fall favorites at Dunkin'. And also some tough decisions. Like, do I want a signature pumpkin spice ice latte? A brand new oat milk latte? A new chai latte? Or a pumpkin iced coffee? Oh, and the bakery. Do I want a pumpkin donut or... Uh, there are other people behind you in this drive-thru. Oh, uh, I'll just take it all. Okay. It's all the cozy you crave at Dunkin'. Pumpkin favorites and new fall additions, like new creamy without the dairy oat milk lattes and the signature pumpkin spice ice latte, plus more. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Um, but going back to Robbie Anderson, uh, his whole career he's been inconsistent. He'll put up games where, you know, he has, like, five for 110 and a touchdown or two and then he'll have games where it's you know one catch nine yards and then that's it where, where'd he go the whole game so i think you know i mean it's, even though he played with the jets i think that's kind of the nature of it he's a deep threat and he's really gonna he's all or nothing pretty much and i think that's what's different about him and dj Moore. oh yeah i'm gonna have to i gotta, I gotta agree with tyler DJ Moore is going to continue to be the number one receiver. And mainly for me, it's going to be because DJ Moore is more versatile as far as the, the, the positions he can play on the field. You can work him in it. You can work him in the outside. He played a lot of the outside these, these last two years. He's not going to probably work more in the slot because you now have Robbie Anderson to be that to be, to be that deep ball threat. And seeing that Teddy Bridgewater style of, the style of play isn't one that really is predicated on pushing the ball vertically. I think DJ Moore is going to fit right into a system with Joe Brady and Teddy Bridgewater at the helm. So, I mean – just, just off, off a style of play alone, I think DJ Moore's gonna stay the number one. Robbie Anderson, he's, he'll just be a guy that that will help add just more speed to the field for Carolina. All right, now last question: Which team in the NFC South has the most to prove this season? Of always, Shamley Falcons, a new new era for the Bucks, Saints trying to stay at the top, and then the Panthers completely changing their entire team. Which team has has the most to prove this year? You know, it's crazy with the offseason going being as active as it's been for Tampa Bay. I still think the team with the most proven in the South has to be Atlanta. At this point, you've you've had you've done everything except for win a Super Bowl. You've you you, you supposedly have the coach that you want to, to take you into the future in Dan Quinn. He hasn't figured it out. You you, you have a quarterback that you pay now a bulk a, a buttload of money. He still hasn't been able, been able to find any consistency since his MVP season. You have Julio Jones, who's supposed to be is going to be considered one of the greatest receivers that ever played the game, and, and again, you still haven't won even with that. And not only that, you add you added Todd Gurley along with having ten of your eleven starters are, for, are former first round picks. So with all of the time that you have on the field now, there's really no excuse as to why you can't win. You look at how they started out last year; they started out one and seven, then you ended up finishing up seven and nine. I mean, how, the fact that you have that much talent and you've just been that inconsistent to me. 
has to prove that they they have the most to prove because now Dan Quinn's on the is is on is on the clock. Matt Ryan, nobody said it, but Matt Ryan's gonna be on the clock as well if you can continuously have mediocre seasons after getting paid so much money. Yeah, uh, for me, it's gonna be the Buccaneers. I'm, I think everyone in the league has their eyes on the Buccaneers because you know Tom Brady's been tied with the Patriots and Bill Belichick for his whole career, and you know he's the goat. He's the greatest player of all time, and you know has made such an impact on the league and for the Patriots. But people are gonna be wondering, um, no matter how great you think he is. Uh, the question is, is it Bill Belichick or is it Tom Brady or is it both? So eyes are going to be on Bill Belichick this year to see how he does without Brady. But eyes are also going to be all on Brady to see how he does without Belichick. And he's stepping up in this new system with Bruce Arians, a vertical vertical system. you got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, guys who can you know stretch the field. And you got Tom Brady who is aging. And even though he takes great care of his body, you know, the arm strength is still not there. And so... I think that's going to be something to work around. They have all this talent on offense. You know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, they drafted Tristan Wirfs. They have O.J. Howard, Rob Gronkowski. They have it's all there. So everybody's going to be watching. First of all, because you know they have so many talented players, but also to see how this new fit is. And I think a lot of people are expecting them. You know, you know, is a team that had Jameis Winston at the helm last year you know, with his 30 for 30 touchdown interception ratio. Uh, it was a good team though. They they won some games despite that and. Um, now that you have Tom Brady in there and with a fast defense already, um, I think a lot of people are going to be looking for the Buccaneers to prove that they're up there with the top teams in the league. And I think their offense is ready, and I think we're going to be looking at their defense too because they got a lot of young pieces, a lot of speed and athleticism on that um, defense. And then you got a guy like Sha- Shaquille Barrett who led the league in sacks last year. But before then, he didn't never really did anything. And so that random year of big sacks, people are going to be looking for him to prove that he's not just a one and done. Definitely. All right, so I broke it down, and it was a close one. And it was it's tough because y'all agreed on a good amount of it, on a couple of the right. questions. But ultimately, based off the way that he was able to put his point across, sorry, Tyler, but I got to give the W to Shantice for All this right. one. Just because I, I, he, he kind of convinced me when it came to football this season – I think with the, all the way that the country is, because it's not only the, the country has to be good, the NFL has to all be consolidated, and especially with California, that state saying that they're not going to reopen until September. So how do you have January? Or, I mean January, excuse me. So how do you have you know what are you going to do with does with the Pac-10? Yeah, does the, what is the Pac-10? But even the, char, or the Chargers, uh, the Chargers, Rams, and the Rams are they going to play? Or are they going to not play? What do you do there? So he got it there. Um, Shaq Thompson, he I what he was saying in terms of the linebackers. That's normally the 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 and that's normally the the main focal point of the defense, and especially because of the way that he has never been the guy, but he's been, he's the most tenured guy on the defense right now. He really is, and so now this is a year where he's got to prove it. And then also just he got the way he got that last, he squeaked out of it with talking about the fact that DJ Moore could be more versatile, where he's normally been in the outside, and now he might work his way inside, especially with the Joe Brady type of offense that we might see now, and kind of mirroring maybe what we had with um, North Turner. Yeah. Sorry, I always, sorry, oh, yeah. I always forget his name. Because he's irrelevant. I, he just, he's not irrelevant, he's old. Um, like so yeah, Shanti's got, got the win in that one, but you have another chance, Tyler, taking on right. now in our true or false segment. And, uh, no pressure. Oh my, yeah, no I know, pressure. right? <laughs> Trust me, because either way, there's no fa- there's gonna be there ain't gonna be any favoritism. It's okay. He's gonna have to prove himself, especially. So true <laughs> or false? It's a pretty self-explanatory segment. I'm gonna say a statement, and then y'all just have to argue whether or not you believe it's true or false, and back that up. So going right off the board, and it's gonna be a it's a hot one right off the board. Cam Newton will be on an NFL roster when the season resumes. You ever whoever wants to start. I'll start. I'll go, Tyler. 
Uh, I will say false. And I think there's three quick reasons behind it. Number one, this is season number 10 for him. And for some quarterbacks, that's a long time. For some, not so long. I mean, Brady's been at it for 20 years or 20 seasons. But the gist is nine years for Cam Newton goes to reason number two, the toll his body has taken in those years. I don't know that a quarterback has taken such a beating in those years. And I I don't know that he's to blame. I think the Panthers are to blame on that. I think the NFL is to blame. Um, Had he started playing now the way they protect quarterbacks, some quarterbacks, Mm. would it be different? So I think the toll that he's had his body take – and that shoulder injury, it's the same as Andrew Luck, who is now not playing. So I think you got to look at that and the foot injury and the surgeries. And then number three, I think that if he was going to be on a roster, he'd be on it by now. Shantice mentioned, hey, we're in mid-May. And when you've had Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton and Marcus Mariota sign to be Gino backup Smith. roles. Uh, Geno Smith, right. You know, those guys, listen, I'm going to put Cam above those guys any day of the week. I mean, Cam Newton in Dallas? Behind Dak Prescott? Mm. Come on. So, Dak's, yeah. so, right, so, you know, and, 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 and so to me, it's just, I, I think those three things, I think, I'll just say, I think we've seen the best that Cam Newton had to give the NFL. I'll be surprised if he ever takes another snap again. And, and really, and here's just, let me just give you real quick, 2011. Do you know who the second quarterback was taken after him? Number eight, right? Jake Locker. Yep. That's, for the Tennessee yeah. Titans. So Blaine Gabbert, so Christian gross. Ponder, Andy Dalton, Tyrod Taylor, Colin Kaepernick, Ryan Mallett, TJ Yates. And the fact that Colin Kaepernick and Cam Newton are not in the NFL this year, yeah. I'm gonna leave it at that. But I'll say I'll say false. Colin, real quick, Colin Kaepernick and Cam should both just go to the XFL. This amount of story if, if it were to come back, the amount of storylines around that, I feel like would be insane. But I'll say false. Okay, false. I mean shocker. Wow. I didn't think you were gonna. You didn't really pull that out of nowhere. I, well, I wrestled with it. I was going to say true, but then I <laughs> yeah. got to thinking about it more, and I was like, inner, you know what? Let's, just, inner turmoil. Let, let's go. Let's go. All yeah, right, so the thing about a lot of starting quarterbacks right now in the NFL is that they're not very good. And I think we've seen Cam, and, you know, MVP season 2015, uh, he's proven to be the man. And um, if you've seen him on social media, he's ready. He ha- he has dealt with a lot of injuries, but he's working hard to overcome them. And this Cam's a physical freak no matter how you draw it up. He's still, um, you know, physically special. Um, he's not going to have the same, you know, explosiveness as a runner, but he's still going to be able to make something happen, happen when the play breaks down. And this is a guy who, um, you know, has – rocket arm you know he can make all the throws and i don't i don't need to sell you on cam he's 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 a great quarterback but um i think as we see this um you know whole coronavirus journey going on in the nfl um like my previous point how i think there will be a season um i think that means we'll also have practices um training things leading up to uh the season and that'll give uh you know a great opportunity to um have coaches find out that, yeah, their quarterbacks are not great and they need some help here. Uh, these young quarterbacks aren't going to step in. Uh, maybe this wasn't the plan. What we saw on film isn't what's going to work out here. And so you got this former MVP quarterback sitting on the um, waiver wire and you can just pick him up. I say a lot of teams will do that. And even if they don't um, think their quarterbacks are bad or anything, um, you know, there's going to be some injuries, and I, I mean, I hate to, you know, say say it or predict injuries, but it's it's going to happen, and a quarterback's going to get injured, and um, I think Cam will be the first option that we see um, at this point that will get picked up. All right, moving on to the next statement because it's not a question. Out of all the new starting quarterbacks in the NFL, Teddy Bridgewater will perform the best out of all of them. 
I'm going to say false because uh, we've seen a lot of uh, new movement in the league, and it's actually made for a very fun offseason. Uh, I think Teddy's going to do great in Joe Brady's scheme, but to say that he's going to do better than Tom Brady, uh, Justin Herbert, uh, Tua Tagovailoa, uh, a lot of these other new starting quarterbacks in the league is just kind of far-fetched, I think. Uh, you know, Brady's Brady. He's going to a new, uh, new system, and... Uh, he's going to have to take a big step forward, but it's still Brady. He's going to be working with his guys. He's going to figure it out. He's going to develop chemistry faster than anybody can, and he's going to put up a good season. And, you know, Bridgewater will be solid, but um, I think there's just so many different options that could beat him out. You also have Tua uh, with the Dolphins, and they're building something special over there with, uh, you know, a few good drafts here, good free agency hall. And, you know, if it weren't for Joe, Joe Burrow, uh, Tua would have been a first-round pick in most, or a first overall pick in most drafts, and you, you know him coming in to start in a pretty good situation, and not to mention Joe Burrow, who you know made history uh, for LSC last season, is also going to be coming in, and I think there's just too much competition around the league for Bridgewater to be the best one. So I get to go completely opposite again. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go true. I think he will be, and and one reason and one reason only. And that is the familiarity that he has with that division. Being in the NFC South, I think playing those opponents, knowing those coaches, knowing some of the systems that he's going to get a chance to see, I think that kind of gives him an up. And, and, and listen, Brady's Brady. I get it. He's the GOAT. But still, he wasn't setting the world on fire last year. Um, it's the dink and dunks. And, you know, you got to get the age. He's going from the AFC to the NFC. And I think he's smart enough. And listen, he is the GOAT, so he can be okay. But still, you're going from one conference to another, which really, the AFC is kind of old-school football. The NFC kind of gets out with a little more creativity and stuff. The AFC will sometimes line it up, whether you're the Steelers, the Titans, whatever. They're going to line up and play smash-mouth football. So he's kind of going to a different deal that way. And when you talk about, yeah, Tua, I think he's going to do fantastic stuff. You know, um, Joe Burrow, Herbert, um, you know, Phillip Rivers. Listen, I don't even talk about Phillip Rivers in Indy. Um, I think that's a disaster, but I just think that the familiarity and, and the success he had, he was five and zero as a starter last year with new Orleans. Um, and you know, I, some people were probably thinking not, not many, but you know, do you even let breeze step back in? Um, you know, so I think with that in itself, that success and being in that division, uh, playing those teams and still being in the NFC, I think he can, um, I think he can lead them all. All right. Question number three, excuse me, statement number three. This is the year McCaffrey claims the season rushing title. I already know what Jeff's answer is going to be, but you can still go ahead and go first. I'm going to go first. I'm going to say false. And the only reason reason being is because, and I've said it time and time again, CMC is a different breed. He is almost a hybrid player where I don't even really almost look at him as a running back. You can put him in the slot. And, And the gist is, now I will tell you this. He does not lead the league in rushing, but I think he breaks the single-season record for all-purpose yards. Last year, he was only 117 short of Chris Johnson. Mm-hmm. 117. Um, he was third in rushing. He was 28th in receptions with 1,005 yards. He so was com- third in rushing? He was third in rushing. Really? Yeah, behind uh, Derrick Henry and uh, Zeke or- um, no, Chubb. All right, Chubb. Um, it was Nick Chubb. So, I, you know, I think, you know, the Derrick Henry, you know, the Nick Chubb, the Zeke, you know, um, you know, Leonard Fournette, I don't know. But anyway, but, you know, Saquon Barkley coming back, I think there's some deals. So I think overall, um, 
I, I don't think he leads. I, I think the Panthers use him in so many good ways, in so many different ways. I don't think he leads it, but it would not surprise me if he sets that record being the uh, most yards from scrimmage in a season. Fair. Yeah, so um, I think I'm going to say true here. And um, it's we're going to have a uh, – it's going to be an interesting season for McCaffrey, especially because Joe Brady coming in. Uh, they're going to be more apt to throw in the ball, like Jeff said. And, you know, McCaffrey is, you know, as I've said a few times, I think he could be a top 25 receiver in the NFL if he um, made the switch. But he, uh, I'm going to go yes here because I think the offense is going to be a lot better than it was last year. And I think a lot of people would agree with me on that just because of the consistency we brought in, um, you know, more offensive minds in the building. And we have a quarterback now. <laughs> it's not just the Kyle Allen, Will Greer makeshift thing that we had going on last season. So I think, you know, more stability in the offense will get him close to that. And, you know, they just paid him. And, you know, as, as we've talked about, Matt Rule is not going to want to sit down and, you know, lose and, you know, wait for next year or anything like that or save McCaffrey. If, the, if running McCaffrey means that they're going to win, he's going to do it. And I think we're going to see that, especially early on. And he's going to take a pretty, pretty fast um, start. Uh, as the rushing league title and he's going to start the season off with a lot of yards and you know he's he's built for the whole season a lot of people coming out thought he wasn't you know durable to run up the middle to sustain a whole season but i think he's really you know shown he's he can avoid the big hits he can last the whole season and i think if, as long as he's being used consistently and he, you know he's going to get the password too but uh you can't forget uh Clyde edwards layer for lsu last season was very uh, you know, he's a great pass catcher, but also as a runner, he was very impactful. And I think that's exactly what uh, McCaffrey will be again this season. All right. Number four, Bridgewater will win comeback player of the year. Now, obviously, he wasn't injured this previous season. But as we saw with Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill was not injured the season before. And he was he came in halfway through the season and led his team to the AAC, AFC championship. Now, that's an insane feat as it is. And I'm not saying Teddy will do that same thing, but. With the success he had the season beforehand and the amount of time it's been since he's been a starting quarterback. Duncan's new wake-up go-tos mean you never have to choose between breakfast meats again. Now you can get a wake-up wrap with bacon and a wake-up wrap with sausage for $3. That's savory and sweet, crispy and spicy. It's everything you love about breakfast for $3. Wake up your day with new wake-up go-tos. Get two egg and cheese wraps for $2 or mix and match your favorite meats with two bacon, ham, sausage, or turkey sausage wraps for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusions apply. Limited time offer. With Metro and the best deal in wireless, you can rule your day. Get two lines with 5G access included for just $35 a month per line, period. With taxes and regulatory fees included every month. All on America's largest 5G network at no extra charge. Metro by T-Mobile. Empowering you to rule your day. Requires auto pay. First month is $40 per line for two lines. 5G access requires capable device. Coverage not available in some areas. See Metro by T-Mobile.com or store for details. Back. I think he's already in the running. So what are y'all's thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think he's going to win comeback player of the year. Teddy is a fan favorite, as we've seen. You know, it's it's very unfortunate about his you know, whole knee injury that he dealt with early on in his career, and that really set him back. But I think he's come back, you know, pretty solid. And you know, that year that Vikings made the long, the, the big push in the playoffs, where they had you know Sam Bradford, Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy wasn't the starter, and um, 
but he was a backup on the team and was still well respected by the fans. And you saw that uh, against the Bengals that year when he got subbed in late, and the whole crowd went crazy. Even though you know the game was over, uh, they put Teddy in to you know seal the deal, and you know the crowd just went crazy when he stepped onto the field because you know he's he's a great guy on and off the field, and you know I think he'll be a fan favorite pretty quickly. And I think that's reflected um, by the league when they're um, you know deciding the comeback player of the year. Uh, especially because he's well liked, and not to mention he's also stepping into a great situation with Robbie Anderson coming in now, uh, along with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, and Ian Thomas at tight end, who you know we're hoping has a breakout year here and at least offers you know receiving upside, and then of course uh, you know the best running back in the league and best receiving back, of course, and so he has all the tools, especially at the skill oh. positions, and um, I think he's set up to you know have a pretty good season and be the comeback player of the year. And once again, I will go opposite. There we go. See, it was too lovey the last one. Now we got some arguments. Well, first and foremost, it just is who knows what constitutes comeback player of the year. Is it injury? Is it whatever? And I agree with what you say because Tannehill wasn't injured, but he came in and had that the season he had. I'm going to go with this. I think it's a market deal. And what I mean by that is I think Ted, Teddy Bridgewater could. I don't think he will. I think that when you look at somebody like um, Squam Barkley or you look at Rob Gronk, you know, Gronk and you think about those guys in terms of the big names, big markets. You know, if all of a sudden Gronk comes in and leads the league and the tight end goes crazy and they go to the whatever and they have this Cinderella season and Gronk is back, I don't even think it comes up for discussion. I think they would hand it to him on a silver platter. Um, but if Barkley comes in and is the leading rusher in the NFL um, and he had some injuries last year or whatever, I, I don't, so I just think it's a market deal. And Charlotte, and it's it just it stinks. You know, it's kind of like, and I'll go with Tennessee, you know, people don't think Tennessee or Carolina are relevant. You know what I'm getting at? In that big market, the big picture of the NFL, um, a lot of times those guys, um, although now I'm, I'm running, I'm putting my foot in my mouth because I know I Tannehill. Say, I know minute. Tannehill. Um, <laughs> I know. But, Small market. But, but I just think that, and maybe Nashville is a bigger market than Charlotte, but I just yeah. think there are other guys out there who, and, 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 and listen, if Teddy had done nothing last year, and all of a sudden comes out this year and performs, then I get it. But he went 5-0. and I mean, he set the world on fire. So I just – I think there's more opportunities out there for other people to take that spot. All right. And then last one. The Panthers will regret not drafting Isaiah Simmons. I'll go. I'll say false because Tyler's probably going to go true. Um, I'll go false. Um, and it all comes back to what I've said time and time again when we talked about all the draft picks and stuff. Getting that pressure up front – to have Derrick Brown, to take him, and if you get Tom Brady out of rhythm, if you get Drew Brees thinking, if you get Matt Ryan thinking, they do not perform like they should. It has always been the people who have beaten Tom Brady have gotten to him. Knock, whether they sack him, they knock him down, they get him hurrying. And so I think you can, you know, hopefully, you know, the defensive scheme, they can kind of think about – you know, bringing this, the safety into the Sam linebacker or whatever they were talking about in terms of that. You can move things around in the secondary. I just think you got to get those front four to get the pressure up front and, 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 and put your money into that. And I think that they made the right move doing that and letting Simmons go by the wayside. Yeah, I think they also made the right move, and they won't regret uh, passing – or, yeah, they won't regret passing on Simmons because, you know – a few years ago, the Cardinals took Hassan Reddick um, in the first round of kind of this linebacker, defensive end, hybrid, you know, kind of like Simmons, hybrid player, safety linebacker. 
And, you know, Reddick has, um, they didn't give him his fifth year option. And uh, he really hasn't worked out. He hasn't really found a role. He's been in and out at different positions. And they really haven't found the way to use him right. And I'm worried that's going to happen with Simmons as well there. And, you know, if he's playing safety some games, linebacker some games, doing different things, you know, not really having a role and just kind of, you know, not, not getting perfect at one craft. Um, I think he'll struggle. And a lot of Panthers fans will see that and will be like, well, Glad we took Derek Brown, who I think is going to step in early on and, you know, make an impact, especially, um, you know, in a division where you got all these prolific passers. And we've seen uh, the NFL defense, interior defensive linemen that can pressure the quarterback, that can stop the run, are more valuable than defensive ends uh, that can get to the quarterback just because, you know, the, the line to pass to the quarterback is a lot faster in a straight line than coming off the edge. So you can affect the quarterback a lot better like that. And we've seen that from Aaron Donald. Um, you know, he's just been one of the most dominant players in the league. And so I think if Derek Brown can even be, you know, half of what uh, Aaron Donald is, uh, his presence will be felt early on. And especially in a division where, you know, so much offense is, you know, you know just attacking everything with Tom Brady, Drew Brees, uh, Matt Ryan, it's, uh, it's going to be important to get pressure on them. So this, the one tough thing about doing this when I did it at the station is, of course, I wasn't allowed to like give my feedback because I was just an intern. I always hated that because there's always points that I uh-huh. thought that they didn't make that I wanted to make so, and that I thought would help certain people's arguments. Like with uh, like what, with Jeff saying you know, that um, Cam won't be on a roster at the beginning of the season, I think, especially when it comes to injuries like Todd was talking about, like a team that would be looking for a backup quarterback that's – that is reliable in, in a way is like the Steelers. If Big Ben goes down again, obviously we saw that their quarterback situation was a, was just atrocious after that after that went down. I mean, it was just a dumpster fire of the year. Doug Dodger, what was yeah, his name? Yeah, uh, whatever his name and, was. And, and Mason Rudolph and that old fiasco. I don't even know if the if the Steelers are going to be want to stick with him or them with like what Tyler was saying about um, McCaffrey. I, like I agree with that, but then also the fact that because not only is he going to have like because before Kyle Allen started deteriorating, McCaffrey was getting MVP looks. I mean, he was. And then now, especially with this the shortened nature of the of coronavirus, if we do have a season, offensive coordinators are not going to have a lot of time to implement all these new things like Brady's going to want to do. So if the one thing that worked for your team was running McCaffrey up the middle, you're going to hit that hard. And there's just other areas. But then, like, Jeff coming in with the uh, with um, Derek Brown, I think that's incredibly accurate because if you look at these teams that have beaten the Patriots in these big games, like the Giants and the defensive line that they had both times. Darrell Casey with the Titans. Darrell Casey getting out of the Titans. Or, like, even the Eagles with Fletcher Cox and getting – I mean, these de- defensive line have been the key to getting to Brady and I think it also getting to the rest of the team. So the problem with this is, though, is I had Jeff getting two right and Tyler getting two. And the one that I tied with was this was that fourth question where I'd asked if Bridgewater will become a player of the year because I do understand, uh, I do believe a little bit in what uh, Tyler was saying. I think that he's a fan, fan favorite, and I think it does play a, a role. And obviously Jeff kind of put his foot in his mouth with talking about how the market yeah, size. Yeah. Problem, though, is that if Saquon, with the way that he got that media attention his rookie season, if Saquon comes back and even has just – a top five running back season, he's going to get it regardless because of it's Saquon. So I'm going to need to phone in a friend, Shantice, which one did you agree with? Because I can't, I, 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 I'm up here with both of them. Once Jeff brought in the Rob Gronkowski thing, I'm like, do you not know? They're waiting to get Rob Gronkowski player, the uh, comeback player of the year. They, they, the media loves him. He's a media darling for what, for all the stupid stuff that he does. They, they love it. They eat it up. So if he comes back and has any semblance of success, uh, 
semblance of if he's anything close to what he was in New England, which he won't be. I don't think he's nearly the, the player he was in New England. But if he has marginal success, they're giving him the comeback player of the year easily. Okay. So it's not about the market of the city. It's about the name of the player. Oh, and storylines. Okay. Story All right. Lines. Well, so then with that, I'm sorry again, Tyler. <laughs> oh. Darn. But I'm going to give that one. We're going to give that one to Jeff. And actually creates a bit, it's a bit more entertaining for the listeners because now the last matchup is Jeff and Shantice. And now they're each have won one segment. And so now this is for the overall bragging rights. I'm going to lose this one. I can this, tell you right now. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll make this one lightning round because it's already been almost 45 minutes. And so I'm not going to have eat, y'all uh, go off of each individual one. But I'll have y'all each go down your lists and then just give a couple of quick statements as to why you put certain players here. Maybe, you know, your your top three reasonings or your no, your, maybe your, your most contradictory or, or not contradictory, controversial, you know, selections. So we'll get... Shantice been off off the air for a little while. We'll let Shantice go first with his most. Uh, what we're gonna have is some list is most overrated player. We we they've done this on Twitter a little bit, and Tyler's not wasn't a part of this as it was because he already given his list, so we already knew what it was. But it, it worked out because now the two winners of each segment are going head to head. So given your most overrated Panthers player coming in the season, your most underrated, your best player, the key new addition, and this can be also team, roster, coaching staff, anything. Uh, the person that could surprise the Panthers, person that takes the biggest leap, or I guess takes a leap, I don't really know, one of the two, and then who has the most, whose year is it that they need to prove themselves this year? So, like I said, Shanti's, I'll let you go first. All right. So, go ahead and get this started with the most overrated. I'm going to go Dante Jackson. For him to be your number one corner coming into the year, I haven't seen much number one corner play. He has moments where he can flash and make interceptions, but he has a lot of moments where I saw him getting done in by Calvin really quite quite a bit. So I so it's a lack of consistency there at the number one corner spot. So I don't I can't it's hard for me to say that's my number one corner. I don't feel great about that. Under most underrated, Ross Cockrell. If you watch Ross Cockrell in times where he where he filled in for I think who was it that was her last year, James Bradbury. Yeah. Watch him watch him play opposite of Dante Jackson. He makes a lot of key plays. Go back to the Houston, Texas game. The interception he had against Deshaun Watson in the red zone. Major. Ross Cockrell has been one of those guys that he's a one of those unsung guys. Can't play that Duke small, like not a guy that got a lot of attention coming out of college. So you don't really know much about him, but he's a guy that plays consistent. He's he's a consistent guy. When I, when I think about the back end and the secondary, I need consistency. Best player, obviously, we know is CMC Christian McCaffrey. Best overall, I, he's a total he's a total yardage guy. He's a, he's a total yardage demon. I mean, my guy, he, you you really can't stop him from getting at least 100 plus yards every game. Because, it, because of how so efficient he is in the run game, running in between the tackles, going outside, how effective he is in the passing game as well, you can't really, you can't, it's hard to really say anybody else is even close. Key new addition, Joe Brady. Bringing a lot more versatility to our offense and a franchise that hasn't had that big flair offensively. We haven't, we haven't had a great offensive mind in this franchise probably since, I won't say a great offensive mind, but the most exciting offense I've seen was the Rob Chazissi off, offenses early, in those early Cam Newton days. You go back like 2011, 2012. I think he's gonna bring a lot of that back. Gonna bring a, gonna be a lot of spread, a lot of spread out offenses, and we're and we're just, we're just the most explosive we've been on offense in a very long time. So could surprise Kenny Robinson. I think I got we all like coming out uh, going into the draft. I think I got is gonna be gonna be able to add great depth to that secondary. To a secondary that's been very bad at the safety position for quite some time. You finally drafted some guys to help fill that role. I can't think Kenny Robinson does that. Take a leap, Curtis Samuel. I think he finally gets the consistent quarterback play we've been dying for him to have. That he didn't get last season that really hampered what he could have done last year. I thought last year that he had a lot of, a lot of chances where Curtis Samuel could have made big plays. Kyle Allen with the pea shooter arm that he has, he misses him. 
and prove it year, Curtis Samuel. Obviously, in year four, year three should have been the year that you prove it. Year four for Curtis Samuel is going to be make or break because you've already heard trade rumors coming up around around draft time. So Carolina's really waiting to see if they need to be able to move on or can they move forward with Curtis Samuel. So, All right. Yep. I like it. Cheers. That was pretty good, dude. That was, <laughs> that was, that was good. Okay. So most overrated. I'm not saying the person ever has had to take the field or had a lot of playing time. I'm going Will Greer. I think, mm, yeah. you know, then people bring him as a quarterback and some saying he's the second string this year. I'm not buying it yet. I've never bought into him. Even when he was, you know, at West Virginia, I, listen, I just, he kind of has that Johnny Manziel attitude about him, I think. And that kind of Baker Mayfield kind of, I, I just, there's something about him and that just, that bothers me. And so I think um, everybody needs to, you know, pull back on that a little bit and and see what happens if we have a training, uh, you know, training camp, what the off season does, but yeah, uh, Will Greer just has never done it. Um, most underrated, um, and this is going special teams. I just love it. Michael Pilardi. Listen, a punter in, in, in today's thing, when you can change field position and you got a young defense, if you can change field position, and, 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 and listen, he's the all-time leading punter for the Panthers in terms of net average. So you take him or Brett Kern or somebody like that who can change that field position, that is big, especially with a young team. So I think if you can do that, um, you know, and they and listen, they get whatever get they you know whatever praise they get occasionally, but you know they punters are that kind of they're off by themselves. So not even kickers get more than they get. So there we go. Um, best player, just move on. CMC, move on. Um, you know, to me, he is the best all around player in the NFL. I will put him up against anybody in any way, shape, or form, and I don't think there's a team that would turn their back on taking him. Um, I am concerned about the wear and tear. Um, but if you've seen him, he's a pretty fit dude. <laughs> so, you know, um, but those running backs, they get crushed. They run him up the middle. But I agree. Listen, he 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 run, he plays. He's one player that I've seen that plays with no fear. Um, and, and so I think, you know, enough said. He, he's, he's the man. He will be the man. And um, I, I'm glad that they've got a quarterback this year who can take something away from him where people need to think a little more outside the box. Uh, which I think is great. Um, Keno edition, I went, um, I thought about Joe Brady a little bit, but I went with Robbie Anderson. And the reason I went with Robbie Anderson was one, his speed to run a 4-3-40. Um, he has that connection with Rule from Temple in 2013-2015. And I think that if DJ continues to play the way he does, Curtis takes a step forward and you put Robbie in there and you've got CMC, you've got an offense now that gives Teddy Bridgewater some weapons. And I think, you know, Robbie is that, that kind of that, that key piece that could come in, that third receiver that people aren't thinking about. So I think, you know, in, in terms of that, um, go with him. Could surprise. This will be the shocker. If Will Greer sucks, I'm going P.J. Walker. If he gets a chance to play, Teddy goes down. I think Will Greer by training camp or is, is third string. Um, listen, coming off the momentum and the success he had in the XFL, and granted it was the XFL, but you take a player like that who is now given a shot, given one chance to step on that field and, and represent the Carolina Panthers, um, I, I think he could surprise some people. And and there's a you know and and it's just one of those things. He's got nothing to lose. He has earned his shot, so he's got nothing to lose. Um, biggest leap. Uh, the person I think will make the biggest leap. I'm gonna go Ian Thomas. And I think tight end wise, the gist is this: Olsen is now gone. You are the man. And he played pretty well in, in spots last year. 
And I, I and I sorry if I ever go Titans on you guys. I don't mean to all the time. But you take a Delaney Walker and a Jonu Smith. Yeah. Delaney Walker faded away, and Jonu Smith stepped up to the plate and got noticed and took advantage of it, and is now their tight end. And so I think you know for him, this is now you're you're out of Greg Olson's shadow. And it listen, it is big shoes to fill, huge shoes to fill. But you don't have Cam Newton throwing to you. You got Teddy Bridgewater. You can be that that kind of go to guy. Um, which every quarterback needs that tight end. So I'm going there. Um, prove it year. I I struggled. Do I have to pick one of two? I would like you to pick one, yes. All right. If I have to pick one or two, I'm going to go opposite of the um, of, of what Sean T started his with. I'm going to go Dante Jackson. Um, you know, I think you're benched the final two games last season. Um, you know, hey, Bradbury gone, right? Yep. Step up to the plate. You, you know, this is your prove it year. You know, you, 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 this is your, you've been there, you know, the system um, you're, you're coming in, you, you've played, take the two, two games that you got benched, man up, grow from it and prove it. Um, on the side note there, I would have gone Brian Burns also, because I don't know what was going on with Brian Burns and all of that last year. And I just don't know if it was a relationship thing or whatever. Um, but obviously people expected more from Brian, but I got to go Dante Jackson, um, go out there and man up this year, play football and be uh, who the Carolina Panthers think you could be. All right. So it's funny. And now I'm, I can vamp a little bit. And so I'm going off of it. And it came down to this last one, really. I gave it to Jeff off the bat. I do believe that just because of the hype that was around Will Greer last year after we drafted him and how he was going to take Cam's position and all that crap. And we knew because he, why he was drafted was because he was a hometown kid. And right. then when it came to Kyle Allen was doing terribly coming in those last couple games, and we were like, okay, well, we have nothing to lose now. Throw Will Greer in, and if correct me if I'm wrong, we threw him in against the Colts. Colts it wasn't the Saints. Yeah, yeah. Colts, no, Colts. Were, Colts were nothing at that Horrible. point, and he just did—he did not do anything. He was atrocious. And I understand at that time the, the mindset of the team was kind of just like just just end this season. But I was that was the first game that I was at least hoping a little bit that we might have something. See, Ray, none, of, none of the fans wanted to win the game, but the perfect outcome was we do the offense does very well, but we still lose the game because that way we get lower in the draft. He was atrocious. He was awful. I think Dante has gotten a bit of a bad rap in terms of, you know, with the all or nothing, in terms of how he's had to be, what he's done. I mean, he's got, he had a couple turnovers, but a lot of those turnovers were really just because of, of poor throws. If you look at his film, I mean, the receivers are being overthrown 20 yards and he's just there. And then when it comes to those coverage battles, yeah, he does do poorly. But I also think that he still did get more of a bad rap. So I don't know if he's horribly overrated. And this is where I'm going to have an issue later on. Um, then going down, I, I looked at I, I've seen the stuff with Ross Cockrell and I've seen some of the areas that he's filled in. I'm just still I'm I don't think he's going to end up getting that starting position in Seoul because the, the team doesn't seem to know what they want to do with him. They still have yet to re-sign him, and so the team doesn't know what his spot is in terms of how all this cornerbacks they've drafted. I don't know if he's technically the most underrated. Honestly, I was thinking back when when Jeff said Michael Pilardi. The amount of times that we were in games last year where the off offense had put horribly and Pilardi was putting it within the goal line. I mean, he was putting it right there and the defense was allowed. That reason we got the, the you know, some of our turnovers was because of Pilardi getting it going right there. So I gave that one to Jeff as well. I gave Shanti CMC because he said it because he said it first. And that's right, exactly. easy, I mean, that's an easy one, but it's true. But I gave that one to, to, to Shanti's. I also gave him Joe Brady. I think that's going to be the key new addition because, like he was saying, our offense has not been – I mean, the biggest year, honestly, was with Norv Turner and Cam at the beginning of, 20, of 2017, which with 
how the backyard style football that we were playing that year. No one could stop those reverses and those right. double. I mean, it was it was wild, and we haven't been that as a team in forever. Even in 2015, agree. The reason why we were good is because we were we were two dimensional offense. It was either running the ball up the middle or throwing it deep down the field. And when that offense broke down, the or when that offensive line broke down, the whole offense deteriorated because we only had two things we could do. So when that breaks, I think Brady will bring a lot more to the table in terms of that kind of same collegiate style offense. I wish it was with Cam because we know that it would bring it back a little bit. But Teddy, Teddy's still mobile. He can still do it if he wants to. And we have the pieces to do it with that speed. I believe Rob Anderson will do fairly well, but I just don't know if he's the key new addition. Sure. I also gave it to Kenny Robinson solely because I do think both are – they could definitely surprise. Unfortunately, I don't think PJ will get the chance yeah. because I think Teddy has proven now that he can keep himself healthy for the most part unless, you know – Pray to God, he gets hit in that exact same spot and he goes down. But even then, I don't know if Will Greer doesn't get the start off the bat because of how much Herney seems to love him. Right. And I think that was a reason why Rivera was on the hot seat is because he, he would not start Greer. Right. He kept Kyle sure. Allen sure. in. So I think Kenny Robinson will have more of a chance. I think he's going to be a part of that starting four right away. I think he's got the most experience now out of all, anyone other than Trey Boston on that defensive back right. core. In terms of people you drafted, and he's played – semi-pro ball. So I think he gets that, and I give that to him. I gave you Ian Thomas, though. I do believe that this is the year that he takes lead. People forget how good he was his rookie year when Greg went down. I mean, yeah. He was the guy, and I understand. And people are like, well, he didn't do anything last year. He didn't need to. Greg, he mean, didn't, Greg was there right. the majority of the year. I understand his run blocking needs some work. But the biggest thing, too, his athleticism. Well, well, that and the utilization he will get with Joe Brady. He is very similar body and skill set to – um, to Thaddeus Moss in terms of what they are as a person. And I think Brady was able to use uh, was able to use Moss fairly well throughout the year. Right. And I think he will find that same sort of valve in Ian Thomas. Not that it'll become a safety valve, but you have that third and seven. You need a, a mid post or you need an in right. or a drag. Just I'm, I'm giving that to Thomas. On the empty spot. And especially in these – because some of the teams are playing, their linebacking cores are, are iffy. But the NFC South – other than the Bucks, it is also a little iffy. Now, they made some weapons in the front four, but I think that, especially in some of these matchups, Ian Thomas could be the deciding factor because he's going to be the guy that nobody's looking at. They're going to be going, we need to get DJ Moore. We need to get Robbie Anderson. We need to get McCaffrey. Right. So here's my issue. <laughs> it's definitely, definitely, definitely a prove-it year for Dante Jackson. He's becoming the number one guy. He has to prove that he can be the number one quarterback. Unfortunately... We've said it every year with Curtis Samuel. This is his year. This is when he'll break out. Honest to God, this is the year that he needs to prove it as well. Because if he doesn't prove it, he's out the door. Robbie Anderson could take away. It could be the new duo of Anderson and DJ by week seven. I mean, it really could. So in my mind, I don't know. And Tyler, I'm going to ask you for help here. Because I have I have them three and three. I literally, because they're both, I mean, you have on one hand, you have one side of the ball where you have a new you're, the main guy's gone. You were the number two guy, and you had areas where you didn't have to be successful all the time. You could get away with it a bit. When you did, when you weren't successful, though, it did hurt, and you got looked at. When you made these flashy turnovers like that pick two against the Saints, that's when people loved you. And he's very flagrant, very loudmouth. He brings, he talks a he's lot. He's flamboyant. He's flamboyant, <laughs> and he just got that. He, I mean, he's had a lot of pressure put on him right away. Because he had to start as a rookie, and he had to, he was putting up against Julio Jones or against Anto, or you know Antonio Brown, and he's going up against these big guys, and he has lost more battles than he's won. 
But then with Curtis Samuel, like we said, there's already been trade discussions with him. You're now bringing in a vibrant new receiver who could easily take the number two spot from you. And this and the the team and the fan base has been waiting for. I can't like I can't think of another player in the Panthers fan base that people have waited for his potential more on the offensive side of the ball in the last decade. I just can't like. Because of when we drafted him, people were iffy about it. We drafted him, I believe, second round, third round, a couple yeah, of years. I, was it the same year? We, was it before DJ or the year or the same year? Same it was the same year as McCaffrey. The same year as McCaffrey. Okay, and that was another bit. We we're like, oh my gosh, we got two really big offensive weapons right off the bat. And he had some, you know, area. He had some flashes at Ohio State. But this has been a player that people have been waiting for and given so much leniency to because they're like, oh, it's this is the reason why he can't. This is the reason why he didn't injury. You know, whatever. So Tyler, give me some help here because I I don't know I can't I can't decide. Yeah, that's yeah, it's that's... a tough one. And as I'm listening to these, I'm like going back and forth, like oh these are all great points. So I thought you guys both did a really good job here, but definitely like, yeah, I agree with you, Jack. Kind of like you know Dante Jackson, the media, the fans, you know, it's his his rep is kind of up in the air, and like you know the all or nothing. I'd say it really hurt him, but you know. That, that's kind of what you want in a corner, you know, as like you want to be have a guy that's not afraid to back down. You want to have a guy that'll talk. And, um, you know, I think I don't know how overrated he is. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I want I don't know if the you know public perception's gone down with him after the all or nothing. Uh, maybe before before that, I would say yes. But and then this season, you know, he, he was all right. But, yeah, he struggled a lot at times. And, you know. And Bradbury, I thought Brad. I'm not a big James Bradbury guy, but I thought he outplayed him. And I mean, I, but I have also seen a lot of fans, like, um, well, specifically LSU fans, have been like, "Oh, yeah, we produce all these corners, but Dante Jackson wasn't good at LSU." But now look at him in the NFL; he's so good. I'm like, "What are you watching?" So what are you watching? <laughs> yeah. So 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 that I'm like, yeah, and and then going with Curtis Samuel, um. I'm a pretty big Samuel uh, proponent. Be, um, still waiting on him. You know, he's flashed here and there, and um, but I think now that he's in this offense with all these other weapons and receivers, it's going to be hard hard for him to really like hit his potential and you know even be anywhere close to a number one guy. So, are you asking me to make a decision here? I'm thinking or? the more we talk about it, I think the problem with Curtis Samuel is going to be this year is that this might like. This would be the year he needs to prove himself because we're putting on these weapons. We're getting now he's got a consistent quarterback. But the problem is, very quickly he might become that third option. He might become that third guy, and that could either be helpful or hurtful if people aren't look aren't looking at him. If he's the one who's able to get up because he can make space. He's a good route runner when he gets his feet set. So the pro the good part is is that he might be able to fly under the radar and get more yards and get more play time there because the fact that everyone's looking at CMC, like I was saying with Ian Thomas, everyone's looking at CMC or Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore. But also that issue is that if he doesn't perform, it's because there's all these other, it's so many weapons that Teddy has now. And he's going to, it's going to be dependent upon what relationships he builds in these early weeks. If he finds that Curtis Samuel is his guy at the end and these, and you know, his short, quick passes, then that might be the guy if it's not DJ because everyone's going to be looking at DJ. And the problem with Dante is you're going to be very, you're going to be able to see very quickly whether or not he is proving himself. He, his issues are going to, his issues and his strengths are going to be highlighted incredibly early on in terms of taking on Tampa Bay and having to go up against that offense right off the bat and the onslaught of receivers that the Raiders have now acquired because they have a bunch of different weapons. I don't want to say it's a tie. That's Come gross. Come on, it could be a tie. It could be the Panthers, 8 This isn't the Champions League brawl. This is the Panthers brawl. The NFL, we don't like ties. So if I'm going to give it to someone, 
I guess I'm going to actually have to give it to Jeff because that yeah. CMC pick that I gave Shantice was an easy pick. And he did, they both had the same way. But, and Jeff surprised me. He said he was going to hit issue with this. He was like, what are you doing to me? But Jeff made very good points here. He did make some incredibly good points. And I believe him in terms of, and he was able to, uh, obviously, Will Greer, in terms of his overratedness, because we don't really get to see him on the field. But it, in terms of what the fan and what the media had, he was incredibly overrated. He's been overrated right, already. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and give it to the the resident non-Panthers fan or <laughs> Panthers expert. But he did his research. I told yeah. everyone to do the research, and he he brought it. So congratulations, Jeff. You get you. the bragging rights over Shanties. And obviously, it's this all is, good. Obviously, this is all just conjecture because I kept myself out of it. So right. <laughs> But um, all right. So we have just a little bit more time. I'm gonna just announce what we're planning on doing in case y'all want to ha- give y'all some time to reach out. So, so a kicker, real quick. Do you have a kicker? I do have a kicker. I didn't know if you. Had, I didn't well, know here's you had a kicker. kicker. Okay. Here's the interesting part. So Fox has announced, and I want to get your guys' opinion. They're gonna pipe noise in. I saw that. To stadiums or CGI if, fans or CGI fans if there's nothing. Listen, stop. That's just not necessary. I don't need listen. If there are no fans, there are no fans. I don't need to hear pipe and noise. We know it's fake. Or fans that are like, yeah. you know, watching Madden or something. Yeah. Atlanta's been ahead of the game for years. And yeah. and so, you know, I don't you guys I don't even know when they did it. And 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 I I'm assuming you guys well, if what? you were alive or not, one Monday night many years ago they did it without announcers. I remember that. That was weird. They did one without announcers. No play-by-play, no color really guy. Odd. They just basically, it was all that sound. And it was horrible. Yeah. Now, granted, I can't see football without fans. But if there are no fans, let there be no fans. And the kicker is, you want to bring them that away? No. I, if I'm, if I'm I don't get, know if that's a kicker or not, but that's No, I mean, if I'm getting these graphics from, like, the draft that we saw, stop. or, like, this, this Sunday Night Football awful animation, I don't want that. I mean, they can't even really animate you know in madden they can't even really put good well, looking they, fans and, on and, there and really so monday night didn't have announcers this year because they had booger mcfarland so rip, um, rip in peace and, um, <laughs> i don't mean to pick up he's a good guy well, I mean, it's like there's a there was, there was a restaurant in south carolina shantice and i saw this today where in order to make it look like there was people in the restaurant they had you could because you had they had capacity you could come in with like 10 or 15 customers they put like blow up dolls in the other seats are you serious to make it make it look like the restaurant was full Fantastic. Are you joking? I, I mean, I want, the, I want the WWE experience where you have just someone announcing and then, like, he's scoring a touchdown. Whoever scores a touchdown, like, doing a dance and then the stadium's just empty and he's, like, <laughs> listening or, like, jump or, like, the Lambo leap without anyone in the stands would be hilarious. <laughs> no, I, just, no. I, I, don't, I just can't. I don't know. I can't fathom it. But anyway, that's that's what Fox said and I find it very interesting. It'd be gross. Anyway, sorry, dude. I, just no, I, I didn't think you had yes. a had – a, I thought it would be a cool thing to talk no, about. No, I did see that. Thing. And that hopefully we don't have to – get there hopefully that's not going to be an issue hopefully. but in order to keep the fans you know occupied with football in order to just keep us you know having something to talk about what we're going to introduce and especially to now that we had the instagram kind of taken away but we got it back we're going to try to re- ramp it back up and so i'm gonna reach out to because some some of the followers on instagram have already reached out to us and wanting to do some little things and i love that from y'all thank y'all so much for that those kind words and just letting us know that there are people listening and we're not just talking to ourselves for <laughs> an hour an hour each week um, so what we're going to do is we're going to have a, a, a day throughout the week. Um, we're going to start this off where I'm going to reach out to these people that I know. And if you want to be part of this, reach out to me as well, where they're going to send us pictures of them out of Panthers game or in Panther gear, regardless. And then just a little blurb about that game and what, you know, made them a Panthers fan to start out, what, what they love about the team. And we're going to post a couple of those one day on Instagram, maybe on stories, maybe on the post, but just to highlight, you know, some of the followers of the Panthers brawl and Panthers fans alike, because 
we all know why we love the team and we all have different reasons and different stories. And then going into that, some of these people, it'll be kind of first come first serve, whoever wants to do it. Um, not going to have a system for it. And then we're going to each individually reach out to people and have these people or, you know, these same kind of people and ask them kind of the questions I've been asking the guys tonight, you know, what are their thoughts on, on Cam's situation right now? What are their thoughts on, on, you know, the state of our receivers? What do they think we're going to, our record's going to be? And kind of have it like y'all are calling into the podcast kind of, and we'll play those in an episode next week, a fan, kind of a fan centric episode. Um, Cause guests are, you know, still very hard to come by even, even though we're all at home cause they're still, you know, have things to do. But I think this would be a cool way to kind of get y'all involved. And we loved, I mean, we're all just at the end of the day, we're all just fans too, giving our opinions on it. So y'all know just as much as us, if not maybe more. So we'd love to hear from y'all. Um, so keep an ear out for that episode. Um, you know, episode is up. We're gonna keep. Uh, we're trying to figure out when we're gonna end the season. Um, but we don't really know yet because we're coming up on 16 episodes, and most you know TV shows have 22 episode seasons, and we're gonna try to com- culminate it and coordinate it with the NFL season once when, when it does come up. Hopefully, it does come up because if not. I don't, know we're we're gonna, minds. I don't know what we're gonna do. We're gonna lose our minds. But um, until then, y'all. Again, just uh, if you you know if you feel inclined to share the, our posts on Instagram or to reach out to us and you want to be a part of this, please reach out to us on uh, Panthers Brawl on Instagram or on Twitter as well. We don't really get as much Twitter interaction, but hey, it was it, it at least it didn't kick us off. Yeah. So we love that for that. And then you know look at the deals that we have on uh, Panthers on the Brawl Network in terms of the merchandise we sell and the deals we have with Fanatics.com. And until next time, everybody, keep bounding. Drowning in IRS debt? If you can't afford to pay your IRS debt due to economic hardship, you can now be free of IRS collection efforts by taking advantage of a special IRS tax hardship program. This program allows Americans who owe the IRS to resolve their delinquent tax debt once and for all. In some cases, maybe even reducing what you owe significantly. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Simply dial 800-600-3010. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back or have years of unfiled tax returns, help is standing by. Just call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-600-3010 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your social security check. Call 800-600-3010 to see if you qualify. That's 800-600-3010.